All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to LifeBridge. Yeah, as you can see from the video, uh, last Sunday was Serve Sunday. So thank you to everybody who came out and served and who helped us. We had a bunch of different projects going on all through uh, our community. And yeah, looking around, I'm guessing a lot of people got stopped by the donuts on the way in. And there's no clock out there anymore. Yeah, that broke. Bummer. Anyways, uh, so last Sunday was Serve Sunday, so thank you for coming out to, to help us serve. We had a bunch of different projects going on. As you can see from the video, uh, we were at the Bay of Burlington, and we had uh, some kids in inside working with the seniors there and making, uh, what were they called? They are light reflector things that you stick in the window and with them, with beads. It's super cool. Light catchers. I don't know. Um, and we had some projects going on outside there as well. We had projects at Life Choices, where we were building uh, part, building par part of a wall for them there. Um, gosh, here we were building bird feeders. We had a project at Love, Inc., where we were cleaning and sorting. So we had stuff going on all over in the community. Did I miss anything? I think that was it. Yeah, so we did a lot of good stuff. So thank you for everyone who came out and helped us. <clears throat> so welcome, welcome. Uh, one of the reasons that we gather as a church community is because we are in the church to belong together. Uh, part of what it means to be a church family is to belong together. And the New Testament often talks about uh, our relationship to one another as brothers and sisters. So that is to be like a family kind of idea of how we are to belong to each other. So we want church to be about belonging to this new family of community. So welcome here. My LifeBridge, uh, I encourage you guys to check out My LifeBridge, to save it on your home screen, on your phone, on your computer, wherever you regularly go for content and information. Uh, MyLifeBridge.church is the place to find all that. I want to highlight today, to sign up for text and email updates. So as things, if things change, so like for uh, Serve Sunday, uh, we'll send out a text real quick to just remind you to sign up or something the week before. Uh, you'll get the emails and regular reminders about what's going on here at LifeBridge. It's the best way to stay in touch and keep uh, keep up with what is going on here. Uh, giving, thanks for giving and supporting our mission here. Uh, your generosity, it really helps to support not only our uh, church here, but the local and global missions organizations and organizations that we partner with, as last Sunday kind of exemplified, how we want to bless our community. We want to be on mission here in our community together and individually, but together as a church, we want to model what it looks like to give to our local community. So you can give online through Venmo or through the giving boxes at the front or back of the hallway. So thank you for your generosity. Today is Welcome Sunday. So I'm sure on the way in you got, <laughs> you, you saw donuts, and if you're like me, you just kind of follow your nose to the donuts. Um, so if you got held up out there a little bit, that's okay. Today's Welcome Sunday, so first service was kind of taking their time exiting. We're going to end a little bit early. We're going to have uh, donuts and chocolate milk out there so you can hang out and greet one another and just kind of talk and get to know people. So especially if you're new or new-ish to LifeBridge, and this is a great opportunity for you to just connect and just say hi and talk around coffee and donuts and get to know one another a little bit. So we're going to end a few minutes early uh, today and enjoy some time out there in the lobby just hanging out and getting to know each other. And uh, if you have kids in the kids' ministry, I would... 
Yeah, they're planning on us being there a little bit later. We're going to end service early. But I encourage you to pick them up by 10.45 or 11.45. You're like 10.45. That's in like how many minutes is that? Eight minutes. Okay, so pick them up. <laughs> pick them up by 11.45. So don't, don't leave our kids' ministry volunteers hanging. Um, be sure to check, check your watch, check your clock, uh, and pick them up in a timely manner. But you should have a few minutes at the end of service. With that, I want to invite up uh, Pastor John Thorngate. John is going to be preaching for us today. It's, this is a great honor, you guys. Great, great honor to invite up Pastor John Thorngate. You might know him more from being the lead man of the Fountain Pennies and for winning Burlington Battle of the Bands. What year was that, John? Uh, I... What was... <laughs> you know. You've got a trophy. I actually don't think we won it, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, sure Run you did. Up. It's all good. Whatever. What was, your, what was your hair situation at that time? Uh, present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's welcome John, guys. It really... I wish you guys could have been there um, to so, sort of see the depth of the emotional range that, uh, that's on display when I, when I uh, sing emo songs about my high school girlfriend. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that breakup hurt. Anyway, um, and then I got over her and I literally haven't written a song since. That's a true story. Um, I was thinking about uh, just, we have, so John already mentioned, it's, it's Welcome Sunday, which basically means we end early and have donuts after service. We encourage you to hang out. Um, if you're like wishing there was a healthier option besides donuts, um, we do have jelly donuts. Uh, so if you're looking to get a fruit serving in, uh, you can have one of, one of those. Um, and uh, my good friend uh, gave one to his kid who was 18 months old and then forgot that he had done that. And so that was a disaster out in the lobby just a, just a few minutes ago. Um, thanks for being here with us today. Uh, we are talking about belonging. We've been doing this all year long uh, on, on Welcome Sunday. Um, we're talking about belonging together, and we're looking at the same passage of Scripture from Romans. And the, and the campaign that we're in right now is called The Pursuit. We're looking at the idea of, of examining what it is that we're pursuing with our lives, because uh, we tend to be pursuing things that aren't ultimately drawing us towards the things that are, that are in God's will for our lives. And we, we exist in such a self-absorbed culture, um, and that affects us more than we realize in a lot of cases. And it's hard for us to, to see the extent to which the things that we're pursuing really, are, um, really aren't the best for us, and they're not the healthiest for us. And we're gonna look at this idea through the lens of belonging together today. Belonging together. The Fuller Youth Institute, I'm gonna pray before we start. I'm gonna pray, would you guys join me? God, thank you so much for a chance to gather, to be together as the body of Christ, focusing our attention towards you. God, would you grow us today? Would you guide us into, uh, more, de- more deeply into your will and closer to your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So belonging together, this is one of, one of the things that we've been exploring all year long. This idea that as the body of Christ, as a church, we are supposed to belong together. I want to I uh, share with you guys just a little bit of information. This came out from the Fuller Youth Institute, the Fuller Youth Institute. So Fuller is a, it's a seminary, 
and they, uh, they have a youth institute where they put out research on young people specifically around uh, topics of faith uh, in the Christian faith. And in 2020, they did some research looking at the core spiritual needs of young people. What they were trying to do is, is basically answer two questions. Is Can we identify what these needs are in these, in, these, in these Christian kids, these kids who grew up in church? And then the second part was, can we identify how effectively the church today is, is meeting these needs? And in their research, they boiled it down to three. Three core needs. Belonging, identity, and purpose. We're exploring belonging today, but I didn't want to completely separate it from those other needs because they're so interwoven. Belonging is, is belonging to a community of people. Identity is a framework for understanding who you are. That core question, who am I? And then purpose, which I, I define very scientifically as a reason to get out of bed. Belonging, identity, and purpose. They found a couple things. They found that, first of all, these needs aren't just for young people. These are needs that we all have. We need these things. They're core spiritual longings that we have. Our, our, our hearts desire them. Whether we have the language for that or an understanding or an awareness of that or not, we have a longing for these things. The second thing they found is that no, the church was not effectively meeting these needs. And that bears out in the stats about, about young people walking away from church. They're looking other places for belonging. They're looking other places for identity. They're looking other places for purpose. Now, this is a study of Christian kids, so I, I want to back up even one step further because I think it, 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 it's worth saying. Our most core need, our most core spiritual need is for salvation, which comes only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. So this study was done with the assumption that, okay, these are followers of Jesus. What, what do we need as followers of Jesus? Belonging, identity, and purpose. These are things that we need. These are things that we need, and young people are saying, the church is not meeting my needs. We're going to read from Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. This is Paul talking to the church uh, in Rome in, in his letter, uh, and he's talking about this idea of belonging and what healthy belonging in the body of Christ looks like. Romans 12 Verses three through eight. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is, if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So here Paul lays out this idea, and Paul uses this, this often in his letters, this idea of the body of Christ, belonging to the body of Christ. So when we talk about the church, we're talking about the body of Christ, and it's a, good, it's a good picture for us of what a healthy function is supposed to look like in the same way that a healthy body has different parts that function in different ways, but they have to work together. 
the body of Christ is the same. He says, each member belongs to all the others. Inherently, we don't like the idea that we belong to each other in that way. We like the idea of belonging in the sense of, I walk into a room and it feels like home because I know the people and they know me and I immediately feel safe and I feel welcome. We like that kind of belonging. But there's another side of belonging, which is I also belong to you and there's a responsibility there, right? Being a parent, there's moments where the belonging is all blessing, it's all joy, right? Like, oh, I'm just like snuggling with my kids before bed and they're tired, so they're nice, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like after they're tired, so they're really not nice, they're even more tired, and they're like, they don't even have the energy to be mean anymore. That's like, those are the, those are good belonging moments. There's also, responsible, there's also moments where it's like, ah, belonging's not fun right now. I gotta leave, I gotta put down what I'm doing, I gotta go pick up my kid, because they're throwing up at school, or I gotta, you know, I don't need to give a bunch of examples. You guys get it. We like, some of the, we like some of the ideas belong, of belonging, but others we don't like so much. If we belong to each other, there's a sense of responsibility there as well. And we see here that when we function, when we as a body of Christ, a church, are functioning and healthy, our core spiritual needs of belonging, identity, and purpose will be met. So in a functioning body of Christ, we will find true belonging. We will function in a healthy way serving out of our gifts, finding purpose in that, and we will reinforce in each other that our identity is in Christ. We will reinforce and continue to, to push each other towards, towards further identity in Christ, growth in Christ, uh, closer followership of Jesus, a better reflection of Christ's kingdom. When we, as a body of Christ, are functioning and healthy. As the Fuller study points out, this isn't necessarily happening today. We're in a little bit of a discipleship crisis in the church. And young people are, are losing interest. Saying that the church is failing to meet these core spiritual needs. I wanna explore why for a few minutes today. So we're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the church. And today, I'm not gonna be, uh, it's not a fun day for what I call churchy people. This isn't a fun sermon for churchy people. And so churchy people, that's obviously another, I, you, as you guys know, when I preach, I use a lot of really um, lofty terms, and churchy people is one of those. Um, when I say churchy people, I just mean people who, who have been in church for most of their lives. Church has been a big part of your life for most of your lives. And, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, if that's you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at you a little bit today. And I'm doing that as the, the, the churchiest person. It doesn't get any churchier than me. Okay, so I, uh, I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, the church I grew up at, it was probably, being a part of that community was probably the single biggest formative part of my life um, for, for, for childhood and early adulthood. It's where I met my wife in the nursery there. We didn't start, we didn't start dating till a little later. Um, I'm as churchy as they come. There was three months my freshman year of college when I was 19. I stopped going to church, tried a cigarette, 
you know. Uh, <laughs> and then I got my butt back in church because it wasn't, that was not the life for me. The fast lane was not for me, you guys. The fast lane was not for me. I'm as churchy as they come. So please hear we when I talk about these things today. And this is Welcome Sunday, which means that if you're visiting and you're not a churchy person, that, uh, that you get a little bit of a pass today. I'm yelling at everybody else, not at you. I won't actually yell, probably. Unless I like stub my toe or something. I did step on a Lego yesterday, so, so I'm, in, I'm not in the best place right now. Um, okay. A couple things I want to explore. The body, the body of Christ. The body suffers when we deny our needs. The body suffers when we deny our, deny our needs. If you're like me and you've been in church most of your life, we don't always see our needs for what they are. We don't always give them the weight that they deserve. We tend to think of things like identity, belonging, and purpose as things that we've always had, things that we inherited, things that we were born with. As such, we don't tend to treat them as the amazing gift that they are. When we do this, we fail to let these truths really take hold in our heart. We fail to let the work of Jesus really take hold in our heart. And when we do this, church people, we tend to, I call it graduate, in quotes. We graduate. We graduate past the things that we need. Some people graduate up. Up, by that I mean to loftier topics. Like uh, the Trinity or the end times. Sovereignty of God. They're not bad things to explore. But we tend to think that we've sort of, we've graduated past these core needs in a way that we simply can. Others graduate out which basically means they disengage. They stay in church, it's good for their kids, it's friendship, but they're not engaged with the core truths of the gospel. Or they graduate in towards more focus on themselves and their preferences. They're like, okay, I've got the core, that, yep, yep, identity, belong, and purpose, got those things. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about what we want a little bit. This denial makes my heart ache because Jesus has so much more for us. The abundant life that Jesus calls us to, there's so much that we're missing. And it's because in so many cases, what I fear is we think we've checked that box. When our core needs, they're not a box that we check and move on from. I think of Ephesians uh, chapter two, there's the, the famous uh, presentation of the gospel by, by Paul, one of his most famous, and if you're a churchy person like me, you've heard it before, and it starts this way, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. 
Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. If you grew up like me, you grew up in church, it's easy to forget that I was dead. I want us to reflect on that question for a minute. When were you dead? When were you dead? Most of my earliest memories are inside the walls of the church I grew up in. It's hard for a kid like that to really remember when they were dead. But if I can't, if I can't point to when I was dead, how can I point to when I was made alive in Christ? Here's an old preacher quote. It's a, it's a pretty common one. I don't know who it is to be attributed to, but it, I didn't make it up. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. We cannot skip over the core needs that we have. I will always need to be reminded who I am in Christ. I will always need to be reminded whose I am in Christ. I will always need belonging in a community that reminds me of these core needs. I will always need an answer to the question why I'm here that is centered around Christ. I'm not gonna graduate past that stuff. The body suffers when we deny our needs, when we suppress these needs, when we move past these needs as if, as if they're not really, it's like, it's like a foregone conclusion. Yes, got it, let's move on to other stuff. It's not supposed to be that way. Because those needs are deeper than we realize, and as we dig into them, it can be hard and painful and scary, but those needs still exist. Instead of moving on to what we want, can we explore what it looks like to trust God to further and more deeply meet our needs? The body suffers when we deny our needs. The body suffers when we neglect our needs in favor of our wants. I talked a little bit about how we graduate towards our wants, and I want to unpack that a little bit more. The body suffers when we neglect our needs in favor of our wants. This can just be a sign of selfishness. It can just be like, yeah, I know I need those things, but I just want these things. I think in a lot of cases, though, it's a sign of self-deceit. In a consumeristic culture like ours, the lines between a need and a want get pretty blurry. The lines between what I need and what I want get pretty blurry. Think about the language that we use sometimes. I'm remodeling our house right now. I'm, I'm not doing it all, but we are remodeling our house right now. There's a lot of stuff in there that we wanted, that we were able to do. We didn't necessarily need it, right? That's, I can admit that, I can say that. But if I walked through there with one of my parents who've been living in the same house for 45 years, never had any money, worked hard to give their kids, you know, all that stuff that you guys all know, I'll start to, the words will start to come out of my mouth that it's like, Les will be like, what, what is happening with you? I'll just be like, yeah, yeah, the, there's some stuff over there that we, uh, over here, I'm building, I'm building this myself though, dad. Like, let's focus on, 
let's focus on this thing, right? I'm building, well, this is, you know, um, yeah, and we sort of need it. Yeah, because of the, this, then this happened. And, and it becomes about, it's just like, pretty soon it's like, dude, zoom out. You didn't need to do this. You wanted to do this and you did it, right? But we are so good at convincing ourselves that we need things that we actually want. We buy, we buy new cars because we needed something reliable. We use words like reliable for, for brand new vehicles, right? We convince ourselves. Uh, but back to that Romans 12 passage, the, the first part of that, he, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. One way that we can obviously do that is for me to look at somebody and be like, I'm more important than you. I'm better than you. That's obviously bad. Hey, body of Christ, don't do that, right? But another way I think that I can think of myself more highly than I ought is to tell myself that the things that I want are things that I need. Because now I, now I have a right to pursue it. The body suffers when we neglect our needs in favor of our wants. It's a sign of self-deceit. It's also a sign of immaturity. When I was 18 years old, uh, I was playing, it's actually cool, this was in my sermon illustration, and then John mentioned the band this morning, so that wasn't planned, but um, it's one of those cool, you know, cool things that happens in church sometimes. Uh, <laughs> the Fountain Pennies was my band in high school. And... Uh, I was working full-time the summer before I left for college. Shout out WVA. I was working there, getting ready to go to college. My parents had seven kids. They did not help us pay for college. I knew, someone told me like, yes, there's student loans out there. Don't take more than you need to take, right? So I was saving money. I was getting ready to live in an apartment with a, a weird guy named Seth who goes to church here. You can, most of you have probably met him. He's my best friend. I'm just kidding. He's, he's a good guy. I needed to pay rent. I needed to pay for books, which costed way more than they should have and more than anyone thought. I needed to pay for food. I needed to pay for tuition. And I went out and I bought an electric guitar. It was a nice one. It wasn't cheap. To be a little more specific, I went out and bought another electric guitar. I already had one. But you got to understand, like, there's, and some of you guys don't know music like I do, so it's fine, but there's rhythm guitar, and then there's, like, lead guitar, and sometimes you got to use a different, uh, <laughs> I didn't have the money for this guitar. When I came home, my mom, my mom, like, my mom has been doing the envelope system since, since nobody knew who Dave Ramsey was, okay? This is like, this is my mom. She is, I mean, she pinched every penny. They, I mean, my dad's been in ministry with seven kids. I mean, the most financially responsible person you can imagine. When I walked home with that guitar, I mean, she was furious with me. She was like, you bought what? And I was like, mom, I need, this is how I'm gonna like put myself through college. I'm gonna play music. It's an investment in my future. Right? Not the most mature decision I ever made as an 18-year-old. But when I tell you that story as an 18-year-old kid, it's funny. We laugh about it. It's a little bit charming, kind of cute. 
What if I walked up to you, to, to you today and said, hey, um, you know me, my name's John, I'm 33, I have three kids. I just spent the last of my money on a guitar because I wanted another guitar. Who would be laughing? Nobody would be laughing. You guys would be like, uh, what, what are you doing? You have responsibilities. You're neglecting what you need in favor of what you want. If I tell you that story and it happened today, it's not so cute anymore. It's a sign of immaturity. And when the body neglects our needs in favor of our wants, it's a sign of immaturity. Who grew up in youth group? Who's a youth group kid? I was a youth group kid, turned youth leader, turned youth pastor, okay? I told you guys I'm churchy. I was a student leader in there somewhere too. I don't want to brag, but... Uh, <laughs> The philosophy on youth ministry generally is give the kids something they want so that then they'll, for 20 minutes, listen to you tell them about Jesus, right? And I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that the church is becoming a bunch of youth group kids that are now grown-ups with families, we're not as spiritually mature as we think we are, and we've been building the church that we want at the expense of the church that we need. I'm not sure it's cute anymore. There is a crisis of discipleship happening. The body suffers when we neglect our needs for what we want. The body thrives, Ben, you guys can come on up. The body thrives when we sacrifice some of what we want to find the belonging that we need. The body thrives when we sacrifice some of what we want to find the belonging that we need. Usually when this passage is, it, when we talk about this idea of, of sacrifice, we talk about it in the sense of serving, of fitting your role based on your gifting and, and kind of staying in your lane. And those are good, those are good lessons. And there is some sacrifice there. But I want, us to, I want us to think about this idea of the pursuit, what we've been talking about in church, and the things that we're pursuing with our lives. Because everybody in here knows that church is, church is just a part of our lives. It's not, it's not the entirety of our lives. People have jobs. People have families. People, there's a lot of other things going on in your lives, Right? We understand that. But in what we pursue, think about your life goals. Think about where you want to be in five years, where you want to be in 10 years. In what we pursue, are we neglecting the things that our spirit needs? Are we neglecting our needs? Are we neglecting our need for belonging in the things that we pursue? Is belonging always the thing that suffers so that the other pursuits can happen? The body thrives when we sacrifice some of what we want to find the belonging that we need. My prayer for the church 
is that we will, we will explore, rather than exploring our wants, we will explore the depths of our needs. And in doing so, find deeper faith in Jesus. I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna sing together. God, we thank you, Lord, that you, through Jesus, you have what we need. Through Jesus, you've given us access to have our needs met. God, help us to not neglect these needs in ourselves or in our church family. We thank you, God. We thank you for your love that changes us and transforms us. You deserve our honor and glory. In Jesus' name.